Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. St. Louis continues to explore the idea of leasing its airport to a for-profit entity. The idea is that getting cash up front would provide needed capital to the city and aid development in the region. The company leasing the airport would hope to make money on the back end by increasing profits. But when Denver recently explored partial privatization of its airport, well, that's not the way things worked out. Denver's experience is the subject of St. Louis Public Radio reporter Corinne Ruff's new story, which is out today. Joining me in studio to talk about it is Corinne Ruff. Corinne, welcome back to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. So tell us, why did you go to Denver? So the Denver partial privatization example had been on my radar for a little while for a couple of reasons. Um, the, the biggest one being that the company hired to do that project there is likely to bid on St. Louis's potential lease um, on their airport if the city decides to move forward with it. Um, it's also notable that former Mayor Francis Slay is a registered lobbyist with that company too. So I've been sort of watching it and then last month when I saw a news article that Denver's mayor had given the okay to end what is a nearly $2 billion deal that definitely caught my attention. So it certainly was no small decision. I mean, just ending the contract is going to cost the city at least $200 million. Just so, to get out of the contract. Just to get out of the contract. It's still unclear how much it's going to cost to you know, have the city, have the airport take control of the construction and actually finish the job because right now the terminal, one third of it is under construction and all of those workers are packing up and going home and they're going to have to get a new contractor in there. Wow. So a lot of upheaval. There's a lot of upheaval right, right now that's happening. I wanted to go there to figure out you know, how are passengers being affected by this and also what advice could people that were involved in that deal, city council members, give to people here in St. Louis who are also considering a privatization deal. So before we get into the potential advice there, why did Denver end up um, ending this contract? So right now, the airport, the city, and the contractor, Ferrovial, are sort of playing the blame game. So the airport says, you know, they were fed up. They had the parties had entered mediation this summer, but the airport ultimately was fed up with cost overruns and delays. The contractor had said that it was going to take an extra three years and three hundred million dollars to finish this project, and they said, you know what, that's too much, and that more money than had been budgeted for. M- much more money that had been budgeted for, um, three hundred million dollars more than that is a um, lot. At the same time, though, Ferrovial is saying hey, you know, we discovered weak concrete. That is the source of all these problems. That's why there are delays, and that's why it's going to cost more. So at the end of the day, though, no one's really happy about this, but Ferrovial has decided that they will, you know, agree to a smooth withdrawal from the project. So there won't be litigation, but there will be a process. That's to, unclear, to but right now the, the company has said that they will leave the airport um, mid, by mid-November. And from what you're describing, it sounds like this wasn't just a matter of managing an existing terminal. They were also doing a major construction project here. Yeah, so it's it's a little bit of a unique project. So the first thing was going to be a construction project to the main terminal where pretty much everything happens. You check in for your flights, you can get your bags, you can go through security there. And what, what Denver was concerned about in the airport was um, security reasons. It's big open air and they were worried about potential security threats um, as well as capacity concerns. It's the fifth busiest airport in the country. So they definitely needed some construction, but this contract also involved a 30-year lease um, for the concessions in that terminal. So 
what I'm getting from people is that one of the reasons they wanted Ferrovial is because they've got this history of building malls, building other big airports with a lot of shopping and restaurants and things to do. So they wanted to go more of a private route, but now they've pulled the plug on that. Exactly. Has this become an inconvenience for travelers that this project is sort of caught in in the middle of all this? It's, it's definitely a source of frustration. I mean, a third of the terminal is shut down. So it depends how you use the airport. But from what I heard speaking with a lot of Denver residents passing through is if you park in the parking garage, it can be a huge pain to navigate construction to actually get to check in. And then depending on what airline you're flying, you might actually have to go back outside, walk around all the construction, go back in in order to actually go through security and then take the tram to your concourse. So it's pretty frustrating for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people were grumbling or kind of lost walking by, people taking pictures. But even savvy business travelers that are traveling every single week are saying that it's adding an extra 15 minutes, which isn't a huge deal, they say, but when they know it's going to be an extra two to three years, that makes them anxious. Now, you spoke to three Denver City Council members. Do they now have regrets about this privatization deal that, that they attempted there? I think everyone is acknowledging that things could have and should have gone differently, um, but it, it sort of depends who you ask. I spoke with City Councilwoman Debbie Ortega, who was one of two no votes on this contract, and she says now, looking back in retrospect, that council should have demanded more time and transparency of the project. And one of her biggest concerns was she only had a week to look at this contract. Um, and. And I'm when, assuming this was a big contract. Yeah. So she actually asked for a printed out copy of it, and she was given two file boxes. It was 1,500 pages. Wow. Um, and, and you know, she was also concerned that she wasn't allowed to hire outside, um, you know, counsel to look over this kind of document. So that's sort of her biggest fr- source of frustration. Um also that it didn't include the financials in all of those documents. Now, on the other side of things, I spoke with Councilman Chris Herndon, who voted yes. And he still maintains that it was a good decision at the time, but of course, things that could have gone better. But overall, he says it hasn't shaken his support of public-private deals. He says just because it didn't work out in Denver doesn't mean it couldn't in St. Louis. And, you know, he wishes people in St. Louis the best of luck, you know, doing their due diligence and considering it. And, you know, says that they need to, you know, weigh Ferrovial's experience in Denver as well as their experience in Madrid and London Heathrow. But the other thing he talks about is, you know, they should engage the public. They should see what's what's really to gain for the public beyond just the city. You mentioned that he had cited Ferrovial's experience in London Heathrow and in Madrid. That's something that went better for Ferrovial. Yeah, these are two airports that they really tout as success stories, you know, very major airports in Europe that have, um, you know, a a lot of passengers going through and and it makes a lot of money. Um, Also, you know, officials in Denver City Council members, many of them went to visit these airports as examples of what they could do for Denver's airport. So I think that's part of the disappointment now and seeing one example and seeing it not turn out quite the way they expected. Now, you end your story with the biggest lesson that Denver officials learned from this experience. They said it was to write contracts with a termination clause. Do you have any indication of whether, with what St. Louis is considering, if a termination clause is something that would be part of their deal? You know, the short answer is I don't know. But I've got to be thinking that officials here are looking at that $200 million termination fee and saying, we want to make sure that doesn't happen here if it were ever to get to that point or if that were ever to be the case. But, 
you know, right now the airport advisory working group in St. Louis that's been considering this project for over a year, um, they're still working on a request for qualifications to even begin to vet potential bidders. So really they're sort of caging this conversation as we don't know who's going to bid yet. Um, I've spoken with a couple of members from that working group um, and um, Alderwoman Marlene Davis has said, you know, St. Louis needs to just focus on its own situation right here. Um, a few of those members came on St. Louis on the air recently. Paul Payne, who's the head of the working group, has said, you know, until we see a proposal, we really can't gauge one way or the other. St. Louis Public Radio reporter Corinne Ruff, thanks for joining us. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.